chaos is everywhere. Hey everybody, it's Jonathan Gilchrist. I'm just jumping in before our show starts. Uh, this is We Are Chaos, episode one of The Good Place. Everything is fine. And um, we had just a little bit of a technical issue. So there's like six minutes of introduction about the episode, and then there's just going to be a sudden cut, and we'll go to an ad and we'll come back. Uh, just a technical issue. It's not gonna, it didn't miss anything. Nothing's wrong. It's just going to be sudden. So I want to let you guys know uh, to listen for it, but it doesn't really affect the episode much more than that. All right, I hope you enjoy, and we'll see you soon. Hey, how's it going? Ta-da! All right, let's try this again, shall we? What do you mean? This is our first time recording. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start over completely and just throw away the old intro. So, hey, everybody, welcome to We Are Chaos. I am your host, Jonathan Gilchrist, and that guy over there, who hopefully you'll hear through the entire episode without any weird cutouts, that's uh, DJ Madman. Weird cutouts. Oh, crap. Oh, well, it's over now. And uh, t- today is uh, day one of our Good Place series in True. I, that's a weird way to say it, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, I'm going to call this episode what they call the episode on the show, Everything is Fine. It's actually very apropos. <laughs> so um, if you listen to the introduction, we are basically breaking down the Good Place episode by episode. We've watched chapter one. We're going to discuss it. Um, I will give you uh, like a brief like you know, synopsis of the episode, but you can definitely go back and watch it. And uh, the idea of this is to be less like the Simpsons episodes and more like we're going to talk about whatever philosophy this show kind of dives into. Um, but we'll also, you know, talk about what we liked about the episode. So it'll be kind of both. <clears throat> so anyway, let me see if I can do an intro that I've never done before and synopsize this episode from memory. Um, so this episode starts with Eleanor uh, waking up in a waiting room with everything is fine in front of her uh, on the wall in giant letters. And then Ted Danson comes out and says, come on in and tells her that she died by getting hit by a boner pill truck. Well, first it was shopping carts and it was a boner pill. And then her ex-boyfriend showed up as an EMT. It, it was a pretty fun way to die, really. Uh, and then uh, she asks, like, am I in the, like, am I in hell or heaven? But not really using the words because I don't know if they wanted to just not offend anybody, but they don't usually use those words. But um, uh, Michael tells her that it's not the hell or heaven that you think of. It's um, but there's a good place and a bad place, and you're in the good place. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like the show. Yeah, this is a good show to do the drinking game where you take a drink every time they say the good place because they do say it a lot. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, you might miss some of the philosophy though. So then Michael takes her on a tour of the town. Uh, tells her about the fact there's like about 300 souls and I forgot to look it up again. I made this joke the last time there, the number is important. It's a precise number that was picked and it reappears throughout the show. I will look it up later, but the number of people actually does come back a few times. Um, but they uh, go to Eleanor's house, which is all, you know, weird and Icelandic with a clown nook because who doesn't love a clown nook? And she's introduced to her soulmate, uh, Chidi Anagonier. 
And uh, she immediately, after they're alone, admits, this is not my life. I am not a death row inmate that's uh, saved people. I am a uh, girl from Arizona that sold fake medicine to old people. <laughs> and um, then she immediately is upset because he's already promised to keep her secret. Uh, they then try to decide what to do. Like, is it a mistake? Does, is it a test? If she tells Michael, does she uh, get to stay? They ask Janet, who is the walking database of all knowledge, to uh, tell them about the bad place. She says she can't do that, but she plays them a brief audio clip where we hear about a uh, bear with two mouths. So that's fun. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they continue on with their day. Uh, they meet their next-door neighbors, uh, Tahani Algenil. And, uh, by the way, I'm really good at these names because I've watched this a lot. <laughs> these aren't easy names to pronounce when you think about it. <laughs> and... Um, Jian Yu, and um, I gotta remember to look it up. Jian Yu actually means something in the language that's important, but I'll look it up and it'll reveal it later. But uh, they're throwing a party for everybody in the neighborhood in her giant mansion, which is right next to Eleanor's small house. And uh, at the party, Eleanor gets drunk, makes fun of Dahani, feels like shit because all the people there are amazing. And um, Chidi takes her home. And she kind of like, I'm sorry, you know, you're a good person. I wonder if anybody was sad when I died. Well, <laughs> excuse me. When she wakes up the next morning, the world is in chaos. Uh, there are giraffes running around. Um, side note, she called Jahani a cartoon giraffe. There's giant bottles of medicine. Ariana Grande is playing. Uh, she also called Chidi Ariana Grande. Um, this might be important. There's shrimp flying through the air. She stole a bunch of shrimp. Anywho, uh, she's also not dressed like everybody. Her bad behavior that's causing the world to go crazy because the world is supposed to be a perfectly, um, like, he uses the Swiss watch analogy because it's the right, and she's the wrench in the gears. And she's like, well, listen, this only started when I started being an asshole at the party. She says asshole because they can't swear. Um, maybe if you help me be a good person, I can lay low and I won't have to be tortured for all eternity. And then somebody knocks at the door. Uh, this episode and the next episode kind of work together as the pilot. Um, like every episode is right after the other, like I mentioned in the introduction. But these two episodes together, I think, really set up the entire show. But there is still a lot to get into in the first part here. It's actually just, it's weird to me because there's one episode that's two chapters in one. It's weird to me that this episode isn't like that, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so there's my synopsis. I think I got all the details. I think I even hit the details I missed the last time. Is there anything I missed uh, in your mind there, DJ Madman? If you're still there, please. This is different. So like, uh -huh. I'm going to say it's a good different. Okay. Yeah, because that time I copied the link. I sent it through the Messenger app. But if I just go through the Messenger app, that doesn't work. So that's good to know. Hey. Because I'm on All Anchor right. now. I'm not like in like a weird pop-up thing. Okay, cool. So hopefully we won't have another issue. Um, I'll keep the introduction unless something screws up here. So we'll just continue on. on from where we were. Just as like a quick like auditing idea, I'm going to like not interrupt you, but I'm going to give you like sound effects just as a clear, as like a check-in. That makes sense? Okay. Okay. Well, I'll just well, react to things audibly. Gotcha. Yeah. Just so I have an idea. But yeah, actually, yeah, well, my next thing is a question for you that we started uh, the last time we tried this. Um, 
So as far as like, how were you raised with the uh, afterlife? I don't know if you want to do the exact same lines you did before, but go ahead. Not to be, uh, not to be controversial, but like, not really. I was raised Roman Catholic, so like the initial idea of heaven and hell, like, was always kind of there, but like, not on a, a deeper level. Like, you don't get into the theological stuff unless you ask. So it was just kind of like, you know, bad people. They go, they burn in eternity. I mean, I'm pretty sure like the grinding and gnashing of teeth or whatever is a biblical quote. That's like all I knew kind of hell and then demons and stuff. So like, that's pretty much it. And then um, pretty much when, when it got later, like when I was a teenager and stuff and I started to ask more like questioning questions, like questioning the question master. Um, then it got a little more in depth, but like up until I'm going to say up until like, you know, television entertainment was kind of significantly introduced to me, which is a weird sagu, um, is kind of where it started to kind of be like, I have more than a basic understanding of this. Right. So that's when you like figured out, oh, wow, this, this, or that's when it like introduced you to more ideas of it besides just like a bad people go there, good people go there. Yeah. And now I'm realizing it's weird because like I think I also like kind of in between it made sense, but like partly between teenager hormone stuff world. And then like when I started to have girlfriends more, that was when I started to have more of like moral differences with my family members. And then that led mm-hmm. to other conversations with like, either priests or like, uh, you know, older teenagers or other people that were in some level of education or authority. Um, and that kind of took me to a lot of different places after that. Right. Yeah. I think honestly, well, we're in a similar boat. Um, I was, my family was Methodist, but I could, I'm not even joking when I say after I went to our Catholic college, I went to more Catholic masses in like the four years I was there and I didn't go regularly than I ever went to Methodist um, sermons throughout my childhood. So, so, like so kind of pretty, in name only? Pretty much. Yeah. Like I know where my church is. I know what its name is, but that's about it. My, I was baptized. My brother wasn't, I don't even know why I was baptized and he Wait, wasn't, yeah, but, but you're it, younger. No, I'm older, so they. Oh, I, I, maybe that's fine. I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> it's fine. I'm older, so that might be why they were like, "Okay, that's what you do." And then when they got him, it was like, "Ah, oh, fuck that!" It really doesn't really matter, does it? Um, so yeah, like nothing about religion was really a big part of my life, but I was always um, from a very young age. I was very afraid of death. Um, I, I remember exactly when I made the connection in my own head, I was literally just sitting on the school bus going to school. Um, and I was looking out at a field and it clicked in my head that one day I will die. Like I remember clearly that moment of realization because I think most people are like, well, that's obvious, but there was a point in your childhood. You probably didn't realize that you were a part of that permanence of death. And oh no like that's one of the coolest like i think television a lot of times now does it well of like explaining death to kids when like you know a relative dies or like even the goldfish right. like there's a point when you just don't really completely tell the kid like there's, there's softer ways to just kind of say like oh you know your goldfish is gone now like just right don't get into it um 
but still confirming that like it is a definitive end or, you know, right. the same thing, like, you know, when they have a general concept of maybe there is a place after, then you can just say, you know, they're in you know a better place now or something very like, you know, no real connotations besides like calm, you know, or, um, you know, just a, a, a better situation than they were in previously. Right. Yeah. So like so... Happy Gilmore and Fantasia, I think. Like, those were my two kind of um, references to the afterlife to, to, to go through as like a, a bits and pieces thing. That makes sense. Yeah. But um, so right around that time, or a little bit older, I actually for a while got into Sylvia Brown. I don't know if you know Oof. who she is. Yeah. I, I vaguely. So she in the 90s went through all the show. Um, talk show circuit she was really big on the montel williams show oh yeah she was the um like she could always like uh the thing that south park made fun of (laughs) yeah she's a psychic um Mm -hmm. but basically like i I read a couple of her books and i absorbed a lot of it and i still remember a lot of like what she put out there so right now in case there's anybody listening that might still believe in any of that one, everything that was in her books, I later found in other sources. She just fucking picked and choose from other places, philosophy books and stuff, and put it together. Two, she's a complete fraud. Um, one famous story is that she told a mother who was grieving that her child was, had been kidnapped like, I don't know, six years before. And she said, oh, your kid is dead and gone. The mother died two years later. They found the kid another three years after that alive. So fuck her basically yeah that's, that's, like so- a, that's like a really bold phrase sorry to interrupt but like even if you're a con person you, you don't get that ego based like you leave it randomly vague you don't say like yep your kid is dead yeah i mean she was playing the odds and the odds were in her favor but no fu- fuck you for doing that and uh just as a another side note because i never thought about this before but when he said it i was like oh yeah no that's why that pisses me off so much now uh, Penn Jillette, um is famously a very big um, deny, like a uh, skeptic, and he hates psychics. And he, I never heard anyone else say this. He said the reason that he hates people that talk to the dead is because they are stealing the voice of your dead loved one. Whatever your mom or dad or whoever said to you when they last saw you alive, that was their real voice. If you go to one of these psychics and say they're talking to them, they're stealing their voice and saying things that that person never said. And when I that's, heard that, I was like, yeah, I was like, that's uh, harsh. yep. But I, it, it also like, yeah, that, that is true. Like they are speaking for my dead person that I have real memories of and have heard their voice and they're, they're manipulating that for reasons. So, but anyway, that's not what this is about, although it is about kind of about the afterlife. That's where I ended up is basically I ended up in a place where I don't really believe in an afterlife. I would like there to be one because I really don't like the idea of being dead forever, but I'm pretty much at this point where I'm like, yeah, no, it's probably nothing. So I better figure out some weird way to stay alive for as long as possible by any means possible. So, um, yeah, that's where I ended up in a very, not a very, maybe not a healthy place, but it's the place I am at. I think that also goes back to like to make this not Simpsonsy, but kind of is goes back to like generational. Like that kind of fits with a lot of I feel of like our generational feel about religion or you know any kind of 
more anything better than here kind of thing. Like that fits a lot with mm -hmm. relative to our time context. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, but so as far as like the show, the good place, they make a very specific point because again, I think they're really trying to tread that line not to get any hate mail, which I'm sure they still got because it always happens. Mm -hmm. But they were like saying no religion is right. In fact, I think they said what 5%, like um, Christians got 5%, Jews. They go through every, like all the major religions, Hindus, Buddhists. Um, and then as like one of my favorite jokes, they're like, and then there's Doug Forsett. And she's like, who's Doug Forsett? He was a stoner kid in the seventies in Canada who was on, on uh, magic mushrooms and just launched this diatribe where he got like 92% right. He's pretty famous around here. And then there's a oh. picture of him on the wall. Yes, and that, that becomes important later as well. Every, that's another part of the show I really do like. Everything, when you really watch it over and over again and really like look at it, almost everything has a meaning. Nothing's just thrown on there. They always come back to it or they're building. They're going to build something off of something else. It's a very well-written show in that way. So. There's a, there's a, besides continuity, there's another word for like, I know like Archer is famous for it. Um, like literally like not only does everything have meaning but like the detail stays it's not incorrect you know how like so if there's a tattoo on somebody's left shoulder they don't screw it up or somehow you know it's drawn on the right shoulder in another episode they're very and that kind of the same thing as what i think is like this show is also very deliberate that way uh, yes i think you're right i, I just started to laugh because <laughs> I remember, uh, again, I don't know why we always go back to The Simpsons, but it's always in my brain. There's an episode where uh, it, there's an itchy and scratchy panel. I think it's the Poochie episode. And one of the nerds stands up. He's like, uh, ma'am, in the episode 35B, Itchy is playing Scratchy's uh, rib cage as a xylophone. And when he strikes the one rib, he clearly gets an E flat. And then not two seconds later, he strikes it again and gets a B sharp. Are we to believe this is some sort of magical xylophone? <laughs> yeah, like the attention to detail is ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. And so, like, they, this show, I think, is prepared a little bit better for those kind of fans. But, um, well, I make that also far, kind of like create that conversation, right? Like, a lot of it so far, just from the first episode, is just like be really, like, I don't know, like, kind of going back counselor, but like be open and curious and observant of where you are. Because like, you know, you're saying like everything, not everything has a reason, but like everything has some kind of meaning or like something attached to it. So kind right. of even giving those like, especially now with all of like the Easter eggs and stuff like that, the writers might have actually done that. So it took people to can, you know, build up more commentary to have other things to talk about besides the actual content of the show. Right. I would actually love to know like how deep these writers are. Cause there are those TV writers that have the whole thing planned out when they start. Mm -hmm. So like what you think is like this wild twist that like season three was always meant to happen back in season one. And then there's other good people that just, as it goes, they find these things. I don't know where the good place falls on that spectrum. It would well, be interesting. Like if you have a lot yeah. of moral concepts, you have to have, you have to have like, right backwards like you know what the ending is and then right backwards right. for a lot of those right like in order to have a good story yeah. that talks about those like significant well-known moral situations you have to know what the ending is for some right. of them at least 
So without trying to spoil it, because it is at the end of the first season, but I do want to just say this. I think the first big twist that happens at the end of the season, so there is a twist. Um, I think Ted Danson was told about that at the beginning so that it would inform his whole performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to look up to make sure I'm right about that when we get to the end. But I think that's true. And if, if it is, it's a genius thing because – it, it does definitely inform his character to know what the twist is before it happens. I think um, I know what you're talking about, and that kind of makes sense. Like, yeah. he would need to know that information to have his full depth of his character and his character's complete responsibilities and understanding mm-hmm. of who he is. Right, because his character is this immortal being that, of course, would understand the entire situation in detail. So, yeah, the writers would have to let him know what's going on. Um but so basically the way, just to kind of give the concept, because again, it's not a Christian idea of heaven or hell. The way that they explain the afterlife is pretty simple. Um, every action you do on earth um, gives, gets a score, either positive or negative, depending on how much good that action puts out into the world. So at the end of your life, if you're one of the top, 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 I, they don't even really give you a number, but it's over like a million or something. You get to go to the good place. Anybody below that, you end up in the bad place. Would you say um, that's like Kant? Like that Kant would be approving of that? I would assume so because Kant is very much a part of the whole philosophical cornerstone because Chidi's like number one like fanboy philosopher is Kant. That's why so, I do not like him. <laughs> So, yeah, like she also has others, but yeah, Kant is definitely the one he references a lot. So I would imagine that Kant is a cornerstone of how they came up with the philosophy for this. Um, But it's also like, that's part of where the comedy comes from. And they do it a few times where the actions, they literally mean everything. Like if you look at the scene where he's explaining it, the actions they put up, like one that's really big is end slavery. But then there's one that's just eat a sandwich and that's four points it's positive and then like so if you pause it you can read all the weird ass things because every action you've ever taken that um makes up your good or bad overall um so but that's the whole system that it's it's infallible or it's supposed to be which is why it's weird that eleanor is there because if you are a good person They've looked at every action, like they know your entire life in every detail, which is also shown by Janet, because when uh, Chidi tells Eleanor that she's a, a database of everything, Eleanor's immediately like, there was this guy in like Tempe, Arizona in 2005, was he gay? She's like, no. Oh, so I guess he doesn't want to have sex with me. That is correct. <laughs> I was like, fine, I didn't want to have sex with me either. No, you did. So yeah, like she knows literally everything. And that's the level of detail they have on every person that goes into the afterlife. So there should not be a way for a mistake like Eleanor to happen. So, um, so yeah, I, as far as like what I think of the, the, the idea, just in general, what I'll start with you. I was like, let you answer because I know where my thoughts are. What would you think if you like woke up and was like, oh yeah, this is the afterlife. Like there's frozen yogurt and everything you did was a point system. Would you be bummed out by that? Would you be like, well, that seems fair. Like what would your thoughts be about the afterlife was set up like that? Well, first, just to be me, it's really hard to put myself in that situation and say what I actually will do because what I actually do and what I think will do will probably be different. But 
like when you when you started to propose the question i'm like i have no fucking clue um like the, first of all the whole everything is fine like i think all that level of calm would not be good with me i've always had issues with like authority figures like reassuring me and say especially like saying things like yep i know exactly who you are and this is all good i wouldn't be play along i'd be like okay like where is this going um Plus two with her, it's odd. So like if me, like we haven't gotten there yet, but like, I know I would have a natural reaction of like the people that, you know, I left. So like what happened to them or like, do they know I'm gone yet? Like, has it been this right. weird in temporal time? Um, or like same thing too, going back to, <sighs> well, like it, same thing too, I think. And that's what goes with the show is like, I probably would immediately be immediately like, if this is, and if I have the suspicion that it is, it is some kind of test. Like, this isn't the real place. This is like a place to to confirm if you really understand this. Or you know, if it's it's one, maybe it could be one of those really weird. Like, I keep using meta, but like, if you believe that it is, then you it then you do. But if you don't believe that it is, then you stay. You know, like some right. weird kind of concept like that. Like the, well, that goes back to like blind faith, right? So the idea is like, you know, if you accept it, but not just accept it out of like default, but accept it because either you think, you know, this is the best or whatever. So, and plus that goes back to like your understanding, my understanding. Like I've never had a very, very, no, not never. Once I kind of made my own decisions, I've never had a significant affinity to what happens after my moral life. So if going there, like, I don't know, I don't know how I would react. I know I would be somewhat defensive pretty early on. um, Cause I also tend to like not trust people. Um, Especially if people are, you know, telling me to calm down, (laughs) like everything is great. You know, like this is all things like I want disappointment. Like that goes back to like one of the reasons why I don't, feel comfort in the afterlife and why I go more Eastern than Western is if everything seems, you know, calm and serene and flowy, that's not real to me. And I have a very significant part of like what's authentic. And if it doesn't feel authentic to me, then I am going to fight not tooth and nail, but I'm just going to kind of dig my feet in and be annoying. Right. I mean, that's a fair reaction. Um, I know for me, and I, I've known this for a while. If I die and then I get to wake up after that happens, I don't really care where I end up. I'm just going to feel relieved. Be like, oh, for the love of thank God, it's not over. Okay, still conscious, still here. Oh fuck, that was scary. So, but like, that's just who I am. Like I, I like it would. There would be an adjustment before I would find hell horrible, only because I still somehow existed. And I also be looking through my brain for like all the thing, all the stories that I um, read about that are ways out of hell because there are those stories if you deep dive religion, which I've done because my brain's obsessive like that. And when there's a problem, I look for a solution, even if there can never be a solution. Hmm. So, but um, that would be yeah, that'd be me. But it'd be, I'd be much more like. It actually reminds me a lot of, and I think I've mentioned these before. I need to fucking find this book. It was a textbook for a philosophy class, philosophy one hundred and one, where it had a bunch of short stories in it. And because I'm me, I read ahead and I read stories I didn't need to. 
one of the ones I read that I don't think was assigned um, was a philosopher gets to the pearly gates and meets God and like asking God all sorts of questions like, why is there evil? Why, why do you do this? Why do you do that? And God's like, I don't know, man. Like I thought about creating a hell or whatever to deal with evil, but you know, whatever. I just made everybody instantly happy. Like that's what I did because it was easiest. And philosophy professor was like, oh, fuck, no, I don't want to just be happy. And, like, God just clicks his fingers, and he's happy, and he just wanders off to happily be sheep with all the other people. The next person that shows up is, like, a, um, a quote, like a Christian, like, a stereotypical Midwestern Christian. He's like, oh, my God, it's just like I always thought. Oh, I'm going to be happy forever. And they're just, like, thrilled. And God's like, yep, go on in. <laughs> And then God just sort of sighs, puts his crown down on the throne and walks away. And that's how that story ends. And I need to find that book because it was so good with all those what ifs. But I think, yep, that's exactly how it ends. (laughs) In a way, I think that's kind of you and me because, like, I'd be like, oh, thank God I exist. He'd be like, no, I don't want to calm down. What the fuck is happening? Why why am I here? Oh, and then the other thing, because I, I, I reference without referencing, which is true, at least for myself, and when you were talking about it, I was like, oh, I didn't mention that. Depending on the time that I die, obviously that will change it, right? Like, I think yeah. for me, like, if I was 95 or if I had felt I had lived a pretty long life, I probably would be more, um, what's the, there's this term, not like a zombie, but I'd be more complacent of accepting that right. versus, you know, if it was, like, soon, <laughs> um, sure. like, so that goes back to like for this like theoretical example, most everybody still, you know, is in like their like not even middle age. So like quote unquote, you still have a lot of life to live. So um and now I'm thinking of like the Pixar movie Soul. Um but but like one of the things that we didn't address, and I know that's something that like I know for myself would have would would affect my decision in that time frame is how old or like how much life have I lived when I get to this, you know, afterlife or pearly gates, but you bring up the good point too. One, like, that's just a really weird philosophical concept. And like, I get frustrated because that's how that short story ends. I love how, like, like that was one of my favorite things about like the book white noise where like they introduced these complex, like make you think a thousand things, concepts in like four sentences. And then they just end it and go to the next thing. So it's like, well, but like no closure. And like, as someone, and that's, I think too, like when I go back to the afterlife, like I'm very open, but I do want some kind of closure. Even if the closure is, we don't know if there's a definitive, we don't know, I will be more relaxed. If you just keep giving, you know, what if answers, I'm just going to be that annoying guy. So you are more on like the, like, you don't need closure in that sense. It's just like your closure is I am still an entity that exists. Therefore right. I'm grateful. Pretty much. Yeah. I've, um, I've always had that in me. Like there's an episode of the justice league where there's this robot that can steal powers of the superheroes just by looking at them. And by the time he steals all the powers of the justice league, he's basically a God because he has Superman. He has Batman's abilities, like his mind, like he has the abilities of Martian Manhunter. He's literally a God. And then he goes off into the universe 
to get even more fucking powers comes back like three years later to find Lex Luthor to be like, why the fuck did you create me? What is my purpose? And Lex Luthor is like, well, you're going to live forever and you're basically a God. You get to witness the whole of creation. Like you get to bear witness to that. And he's like, that's a good answer. Yeah. And then he's like, wait, that's it. I just, um, that's all I'm supposed to be as a witness. And I'm saying home like, fuck, that sounds good to me. I'll I'll be a fucking witness. I'll, (laughs) I'd like to see how it's all fucking ends up. Like, like that's always been my mindset. It's more just like I want. What annoys me is the not the the lack of closure on my life. It's the lack of closure on history in general. It annoys the fuck out of me. I won't see where our society is going to end up, and because I spent all my time studying older societies and how they fell apart or how they built themselves up, I won't get to see how this one ends or the next one or whatever. It's like a story that's going to just end and I will never see the closure that I want to see. That's the closure that I look for, but it's on such a bigger scale. It's impossible for me to really want, like really believe I should have it as a human, but that's what my brain wants. Uh, I don't know how else to explain it. No, no, no. That's really interesting because that kind of one makes sense of like how we think about it. So on one side, right, there's death. You have already said that you have this like fear of death. I have told you, you know, in person, and I will tell our viewers, I don't have that fear. And partly I just feel that it's a Western thing and I don't want to cling to it. Um, Mm -hmm. But think about that. When we get to this theoretical afterlife, we both kind of change like gears, kind of. I become more like closed off and, you know, I don't want that possibility. I want this definitive end. Whereas you are more open to that possibility. So it's almost yeah. like it's like a flip of a coin for each. You know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, actually, you're right. Because, yeah, you're very, as a person, you're very like, oh, yeah, no, it's all cool. But, and yeah, I'm very much like, a, nope, I'm good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and sit here and read my book and stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> well, plus, like, not in a selfish sense, but, like, you have, like, a, a desire to not out of body kind of, but like to witness, you know, more existence where I am more like, I have a definitive thing. Once it's over, I'm cool with it. So like in a way you could argue that like, you're more open to that possibility. You know what I mean? Like you're um, more willing for, you know, an afterlife or, you know, something like that, where I'm more closed off, like keep using closed off. I'm more like, um, not deterministic i'm more like self-centered in that way or at least um self-oriented where once i am done not that none of it matters but i don't feel that that i don't i need to expend any more energy where you're like if i am given more energy i want to see what all the other energy is up to for as long as the energy goes right yeah that's a pretty good way to put it and um I think one of the, because there's a, we can keep going on the afterlife for a while, but I think one of the best ways to sort of end it is sort of the only thing that's ever given me comfort. Um, but so even far. so, I still, still, yeah, well, so far, I'm still looking. Um, if you've ever read The Phaedo by uh, Plato, it's the Socrates dialogue, the way that Socrates eventually ends the question of what happens after we die is pretty genius but also 
still holds up, which is amazing this many thousands of years later. Uh, basically, he says that no human has ever experienced death and come back. So we have no idea what's going to happen. So there's only two things that could happen. Either one, there is whatever afterlife we've seen. And, you know, there's no reason to fear that because we've been told it's a good thing for that afterlife to happen. Or two, there is no afterlife. And it's just like falling asleep without ever dreaming. And if you've ever had a night where you fall asleep without dreams, it's the most restful you'll ever have. So why should you fear that? And uh, Science says otherwise, because like with like your REM sleep and stuff like that, your deepest sleep, you do have dreams. You may not remember them, but right. that's one thing. Cause like, not like to get personal, but like, I don't, I rarely remember or think I have dreams. So whenever right. people talk about having them, not that I'm jealous, but it's something I've always kind of like internally been like, why don't I have more dreams or why don't I remember? So I will say on the science side, part of that now of what we know may make a still... tiny little chink in your armor, not, not Plato's. <laughs> but still the point remains that you do have nights where whether you're having dreams or not that you can't remember, you don't remember. So it's basically laying in darkness for eight hours. And that's all the death could be is just an unknowingness um, if there's nothing. It's kind of like a philosophical zombie, like when like you're like, I almost had like the thing where like, if you're in a movie and like, you forget that you exist, like you are so far into the thing, that uh -huh. you're not putting yourself in the thing, you're experiencing it, but you're not like actively experiencing it as yourself anymore. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That sounds about right. Oh, and then the other so, not plot armor, but I wanted to reference because with the episode, uh -huh. when you were saying how can there be a fault like well there's a show if there wasn't you know uh how the heck did i get here what you know how could the story go on if you know if it was just all la di da and they made a show that was basically about here's all these moral concepts and everyone's going to do everything right with no mistakes it'd be a very right. short series <laughs> yeah no it it definitely well that definitely is where the conflict comes from um but Humanity. Yeah, you're right. And it is a great start, and I can't wait to do the next episode because it is very funny. And um, the next episode, uh, like, I can give you a, 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 sort of looking for, a preview Snippet. because I, yeah, I do know the moral, like, uh, philosophy that the next episode is about is, is it possible to learn to be a good person? That's what the next episode focuses on. Is it even possible to put in the work to learn to be a better person so or like a good the, person so the general like the whole nature nurture thing essentially basically yep and they go through like the arguments of aristotle and other philosophers that say it's impossible that you're you know you're born one way and you stay that way so that's that's the what we're going to tackle next time we do this um with whatever references they put in i don't know them all by offhand but i do know that that's the whole point because it's setting up whether or not Cheaty can actually help her or whether it's even worth trying to help her in the long run so. to, to give to give the viewers just a little bit can we each like answer that definitively as a yes or no about just personally without the episode like how you feel and how i feel yeah do you want to go first so um yes Okay, so you believe it is possible to be a good person or to become a better person. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I would just wants to be counterterrorian and say no, but <laughs> I don't know honestly. I think I think that's where I would end up because that's an astute answer. I know. Well, it's a very Socratean answer um, because I want that to be true. I really do. But personal experience has not led me to believe that if it is possible, it is a usual state of things or even a thing that you can do with a lot of effort. It, it almost is a miraculous amount of effort if it does happen. So you're saying yeah. there's a chance. There, there, I want there to be a chance, so I don't want to be definitive. That's why I said I don't know. Yeah, but like if you're open to the possibility of, that's not a hard uh-huh. no. That's, yes, that's true. Um, but yeah, so there we go. So those are general answers. We'll get into it more detail next week. Well, hopefully next week. We'll see how our recording schedule go. But next time we get into the uh, good place, um, this should be coming out, let me think, September 8th, if I'm doing my math right. Um, make sure you go back and check out last week because it was a big full week. We had a prediction show. Um, I'm going to just say it because I'm hoping it happened. We watched Suburban Commando, which I'm sure was hilarious. We um, totally did. I, this is this is yeah. our this is in the future. We did this. It happened. It was an interesting yeah, thing. I still don't know what to make of it. <laughs> yeah, and you won't know after we're done. So that'll be good. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. We did that, so check that out. Um, next week will be Star Trek. I, if I'm doing my math right, it's Deep Space Nine. I don't know what the episode is, but I'm sure it'll be fun. <laughs> and uh, the after that should be Chaos at Ringside, um, where we are going to be discussing the fallout from Clash of the Castle and All Out. So yeah, join us for all of that. I can't believe the thing happened in Chicago that happened and it was fucking crazy well it was in chicago and it happened yes that's 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 exactly what happened uh uh no i'm really looking forward to the pay-per-view but obviously it's in our future so i don't know how crazy it got i'm just hoping it was really good and um all right so yeah like i said if it all works out we would love to do this regularly but this might become sporadic depending on recording schedules uh but this was chapter one of the good place everything is fine Stay doing it uh, out there. Good night, everybody. <laughs>